I was hungry, and you shared a hot meal with me. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was discouraged, and you prayed with me. Every night since, every Monday night since 2001, our church has been welcoming 100 plus neighbors and sharing a meal with them. Now think about that. By my conservative calculation, that's more than 900 meals serving over 100,000 people. Dozens of Lancaster churches and groups have collaborated with us in these past years. All of this has been masterfully coordinated by our own Greg Henning. Some of our neighbors come because they're hungry for a meal. But many also come because they're hungry for community. It's a community meal where we meet Jesus in each other and return home feeling deeply nourished in some new way. For our multi-voice sermon today, several regular participants Participants in this ministry will be sharing with us, and we'll begin with Grant and Kat Lehman, neighbors who live just down the way on Sherman Street, and uh, they've brought with them their beautiful family of Penny, Marvin, and Henry, and you'll still be needing to leave early to go to their worship service. So as they come forward, I invite you to open your blue hymnal to number 307. 307, we'll be singing this in between each person's sharing. Grant and Kat, welcome. Good morning. There's been a lot of thought between Kat and I over the last couple weeks of why we uh, serve in our neighborhood. And it's funny, last week we were actually invited to serve or to talk at our church about why we like to serve in our neighborhood, and we couldn't do it because our kids got sick. And so Todd came to us last Monday night and said, hey, come on over and share. And we're like, I think this is God saying we really need to get out and do this. So uh, uh, just going to get into it. Uh, the reason we come to the Monday night meal is we were looking for a way to get involved in our neighborhood. Like Todd said, we live right here on Sherman Street, and we were looking to get involved in something, and this was kind of the perfect thing. Uh, we love to come as a family and see how our kids interact with uh, you guys who come and volunteer or even people who may just live on the streets. It's great to see them interacting with people from different backgrounds and socioeconomic groups. And they also have lots of energy. They love to just run around the basement. That's a great place for them to do that. Um, They're a reminder to us as parents to share the love of Jesus unconditionally to everybody uh, without conditions. Uh, We see Jesus' love in your volunteers. as they are serving people with coffee or carrying a tray for somebody, getting a height chair set up for us, we really appreciate that, um, and always having a smile on their face. Uh, we are grateful for you as a congregation to welcome us as, uh, to help us uh, serve in our community. So, thank you. I would like to just talk a little bit about conversation. It's not the easiest thing that happens here with uh, the many people that we meet every Monday. 
But it's rewarding to leave a Monday night meal feeling you've had one or more good conversations. There are many casual conversations, but it would be worth the time to think about how we can, in our responses and reactions, emphasize the positive, be less critical, and learn from the responses of others. So how do you go about making conversation? There are many ways one does it. Being natural is one of the best. But in today's culture, when first meeting someone, questions quickly turn to jobs. Questions like, what do you do on the job? How long have you worked at the job? But some of the persons who attend Monday evening meals may not even have a job or because of unfortunate reasons don't have a steady job record. And so we find different ways to communicate. In our conversation, then, we might say something like, what has been your favorite jobs in your life? What did you like about the job? Or you might ask, if you were looking for a job, what do you think you would really enjoy doing if you could have the job you would want? Or you might even reflect back a bit with them and hear some of the stories of their lives, such as, if you could live your school years again, what job would you like to prepare for? Many conversations begin with a question. In a group setting, you might ask, I'm sorry, trying to have a good conversation takes more than asking a question with a yes or no answer. Perhaps the person you are talking with is wearing a nice piece of jewelry or clothing with a unique design or sports logo, something important to them. So making a complimentary comment about it may be enough to brighten their day and make them glad they are with us. Travel is also a pretty positive subject for conversation. In a group setting, you might simply ask, where have you been? Where have you been to in your life? Where would you like to go? What is on your bucket list? And so you don't get those yes and no answers, but you get a mind starting to think, and you get a mind that you can travel with for a while in your thoughts. Questions that elicit stories can be effective in helping to create trusting relationships. Trusting relationships, then, if nourished, lead to mutual respect and growing self-worth, a self-worth. Serving coffee and delicious food also helps a lot. In summary... Many good conversations begin with a good question, then continues with good listening. Well, you've probably heard the saying, it takes a village to train a child. Well, it also takes a church community to make each mission endeavor prosperous. I'm not sure uh, what year Becky and I started to help with the community meals, But it didn't take very long to see that there was a need 
to have a special space for mothers who came uh, with children in their strollers, a place where they could wait and play for the half hour until the supper bell rang. After much trial and error to find the perfect workable solution, we now gather in one of the children's classrooms downstairs where there is a rug instead of a cold floor, a table and chairs to sit and draw, and a closet to store a variety of toys that were accumulated over time. And I want to take this time to say thank you to the Sunday school teachers who have put up with us as we share that space. There was another problem, though, a big square storage unit that took up too much room in that small space. Thankfully, Roland Yoder came to the rescue and used his creative abilities to make something special for the children, a free book library. He cut the box in half, got some thick plywood, used several wooden strawberry boxes, nectarine crates, and a little paint, and turned it into a beautiful little house that could be filled with books. Many of our church members contributed both new and used children's books until the shelves were fully stocked. Every week, we encourage each child to pick out a book of their choosing so that they can take it home and read it to their parents. If you could see their smiles, you would know that they really look forward to doing this. There are now a few special ladies who make sure that the free library is stocked with attractive, clean, interesting books so that all of our East Chestnut Street children um, can enjoy this wonderful addition to the church ministry. So as you can see, it takes many people to be observant, to help discover needs, and to find solutions to the problems that do arise. I'm sure you have a talent that you could be used on Monday night at the community meals. Why don't you come and find out what you can do? Child care takes place at the community meal every Monday from 5 to 5.30. It allows the parent of the child to have an uninterrupted cup of coffee. Many times the parent stays in the room with us and the children. That little room includes little Stacy. For many weeks, that little two-year-old was too scared to come into the room, and she would stand at the door clinging to her mommy. She now runs in and talks constantly and is happy and playful. Stacy and her mommy have been missing the meal the past few weeks. They've been evicted from their home a few blocks from our church. It includes Kyle and Connor. They never missed a week. They love to play tic-tac-toe on the whiteboard. Several weeks ago, Kyle and Connor's mother died very suddenly of a brain aneurysm. I pray for those little boys every day. It includes Caleb. Last week, Caleb sang most of his time in child care. His speech impediment made it difficult to know and understand the words, but it was a happy song all about animals. His daddy sits in the room watching him and us play. It's reading lots of stories. It's Arlene sharing some of her granddaughter's clothing with an adolescent age girl. It's offering a pack of diapers to a parent who states they did not have enough of money that week for formula and diapers. It's offering a pair of mittens to little cold hands. 
It's allowing a tired mother to sit in color for 30 minutes in a coloring book. At 5.27 and to no earlier and no later, you hear this, you will hear us sing, clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere, clean up, clean up, everybody do your share. And we all pick up toys and books and blocks. That's a very small part of what happens. But in that little room for that half hour, if I have put happiness in any child who comes to play, I feel I have worked with God. So the community meal, um, long before I got here, um, and I've been doing this for four years. Lois Hess did it for four years. Mary Lou Adams did it for 10. Um, There's a history in this church for this community meal. And today is not meant as recruitment Sunday. (laughs) Really isn't. Um, this is a celebration of what we do on Monday nights. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And when was it? We saw you as a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing. One answer to this question for East Chestnutters for the past 17 plus years has been the Monday night community meal. As our speakers today have noted, this is our response to Jesus's call to action. I guess that's starting to sound like a recruitment sermon. Um, But it's not. It it is truly a celebration of what we do. If I asked for everyone in this room who's ever had anything to do with a community meal, I'm sure that almost every hand in this room would go up. It is the way that we fill our stated purpose as a congregation to be transformed by God's mercy, grace, and love to introduce our children and neighbors to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, to equip one another to live peaceably and generously, to contribute to the well-being of Lancaster City and the wider world. Our faith does not lie dormant. It clothes the naked, it feeds the hungry, it comforts the sorrowful, it shelters the destitute, it serves those who harm it, and it binds up that which is wounded. A few years ago, in my effort to define my own focus for the Monday night meal, I created a mission statement. The mission of the community meal is to create hospitality, the kind of radical hospitality that Jesus taught that shows a willingness to welcome all people and connect with our neighbors in a way that might not be possible without the blessing of hospitality. To fulfill our stated purpose as a congregation by contributing to the well-being of Lancaster and the wider world by providing nutritious meals to our guests and neighbors, sharing food, conversation, and fellowship in a caring and supportive environment that builds community. And lastly, to provide spiritual direction and support when requested by our guests and to be the gateway to other social services when possible. You know, 
there isn't a week that goes by that I don't come home with a story about Monday night meals, about people that I've met, about the fact that we see new people weekly and then may never see them again. Um, that there are so many volunteers. So if you think about it, the average congregation brings 15 people every week, 52 weeks a year. And we usually have about 14 of our own East Chestnutters there. There are plenty of opportunities for interaction. I believe that our congregation strives to fulfill the mission that I have drawn up. This service has been a, both a celebration of who we are as a congregation and what we do to fill, fulfill our congregational purpose. We acknowledge the results of our radical hospitality. We see it on the faces of our guests as they leave the building and thank us and tell us how our food is better than all the other food in the area. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> um, truly, it's, it's so heartening to hear that they appreciate the meal and that they're sincere about it. Um, I feel we have always served up more than just food. As you have heard, we have relationships with our weekly guests that go beyond preparing and dishing up food. And we are paid back in ways that you can't count in this world. Um, my favorite story about a new congregation serving is when the person emailed me back after I thanked them in an email and said, our feet never touched the ground as we walked to our cars. We were so elated with what we had done. And needless to say, they've signed up every year. Um, I believe we have created what Gregory Boyle calls kinship. That we stand with the people we serve. We just don't stand behind a table serving them. We have collectively brought this message to you so that a wider congregation, so the wider congregation can hear examples of this kinship and invite you to participate in any way that suits your schedule or your abilities. I have just a few ways that I thought of that um, you could help. Remember, there are 52 opportunities a year. Uh, come visit, enjoy a meal, converse with the guests. Okay, everybody don't show up Monday night. Right, Kate? <laughs> um, Set tables and chairs on Sunday after Sunday school. Run the dishwasher as you're walking out the door after Sunday school. Here's one. This is what Kat used to do, and this is how Kat got involved. She used to come and empty the dishwasher on Mondays so that the congregations that were serving didn't have to do that before they started their work. So the dishwasher could be emptied before 3 o'clock on Mondays. Um, if you have time on your hands, just sit and wrap plasticware. Take the place of one of the faithful 14. Send me an email that you'd like to come, and is there something you could do? Um, 
I'll email someone and say, hey, would you like the night off? Uh, you'd be surprised at how many people have things to do but show up here anyway. Help entertain the children before the meal. Clean up at the end of the evening. Be the first to sign up when desserts, salad, or fruit is needed. Or some of the harder ones. Talk up the meals with other congregations, your book groups, um, your friends, and solicit them to cook a meal. We still have one opening for 2019. Thankfully, it's December 9th and not next week. <laughs> um, volunteer to direct, direct a team or coordinate a meal yourself. Uh, and here's a big one. Become the coordinator in training. Yes, take my job. <laughs> I'm not planning on leaving, but, but it, it would be nice to know that um, someone's there that can pick up, knows where the breakers are in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of the meal when they all go off, um, knows where the supplies are. Um, those are just a few of the things. And it's really an invitation, though, not just to service, but to come and be served. And I want to thank all the people. I, I mean, I'm looking at everybody out there, and I can't think of one of you that hasn't served a meal at some time. Um, and for us to continue this, we're going to need that kind of support. Because uh, some of us are getting older. Um, so... I want to thank you for your wonderful support of the community meal. And I want to thank you for providing kinship to the people in this neighborhood and beyond. Thanks.